This week on Heads and Tails, we interview Lou Van Norsky, the wide receivers, corners, and special teams coordinator for the Morristown High School football team. Lou was also my football coach before I got to high school, and it wasn't until recently that I found out that he had a pacemaker, and this pacemaker was put in in high school, and he was actually told that he would never play football again. Um, so in this episode, we talk about his experience with having a pacemaker and what limitations or that that had on him or didn't have on him. And he also gives us an interesting perspective from a coach's point of view and an athlete's point of view in terms of uh, the culture of injuries in athletics today and also the benefits of being a multi-sport athlete, both on the field and in terms of uh, injury prevention in the long term. In addition, Lou has recently become a father to a baby boy, and he brings that perspective uh, to the conversation as well. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Lou Van Orsen. This is Kevin Som, you're listening to the Heads and Tails Podcast. We share stories of perseverance and inspiration in sports and in life. To start off, Lou, uh, what sports did you play growing up? Well, growing up, I played, uh, I tried to play everything, you know what I mean? Uh, organized, it was baseball, football, and then lacrosse in high school. And that's actually part of the, you know, part of the story, I guess, with the baseball to, to lacrosse switch. But I started playing football when I was eight with the good old Long Valley Raiders. All right. Um, Played all the way through uh, through high school. Sixth grade, I started playing baseball, and then you know, once I had the uh, the pacemaker put in, it was kind of switched things up on me. But now, why would you go from uh, somewhat of a non-contact sport to a contact sport in lacrosse after the the pacemaker was put in? Well, I don't know. I don't even know if I was supposed to be playing lacrosse. I kind of just used the note from from football. So. And back then, you know, no one really questioned it, right. you know. They cleared me for all sports, and lacrosse was included, you know. So so basically, once I got um, playing football, once they cleared me for football and all yeah. sports, it was If you could like, play football, you could pretty much do anything. Yeah, you would think. You would think. You know, lacrosse was a little more violent back then, for sure, but... Uh, oh, really? And compared to today? Yeah, you can't, can't really hit anymore, oh. lacrosse. They changed the rules on us. Yeah, everyone's getting all sissified, huh? <laughs> Back when I played. Yeah, throw some skirts <laughs> on them. I hate when people say that. Yeah, I know. Uh, so what injuries did you have while you were growing up in athletics? Man, everything. Everything. Um, head to toe. Just little stuff. I never really broke a bone. Not heads to tails? No. Uh, heads to T-A-L-E-S, t- t- you know? Yeah, I got I'm you. I broke my tail. Broke my tailbone up. <laughs> Probably did that too, um, but seriously, everything. I mean, you know, playing sports, you get little things, big things. Uh, only broken bone I ever had was actually we thought it was a sprain, um, sprained ankle, and ended up being like a. Sorry about the squeaky chair. Uh, ended up being a uh, broken foot, like the top of my foot had a crack in it. So I actually re re injured it like weeks later. Went to the doctor for an X ray, and he's like, "Your your ankle's fine." But you got a crack that in your top of your foot that's like six to eight weeks old. So, but I didn't even know about it, so I don't even know if that really counts. So, did you feel like people were pushing you through that injury? No, or I you, was. I wanted you to play. Want to yeah, yourself. I wanted to play. Okay. You know, it, it, it was. It didn't hurt. Right. En- you know enough where I was like, I can't walk. But it was. It hurt for a little bit, and then I was. I played with it. But everything, you know, jam fingers, sprained ankles, sprained knees, sprained shoulders, everything. All right. Concussions got the whole deal. Well, the concussions are a little overrated. A little overrated. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> all right, so 
let's get to the the juicy stuff. Yeah. So let's talk about your your pacemaker. Yeah, I guess um, you know we were talking a little bit earlier. I said that the only two games I ever missed uh, playing football from eight years old to senior year in high school was freshman year. I got a concussion, uh, and and this was ninety ninety two. Before you know concussion, that was back then when it was just you know you got your bell rung or whatever expression you want to use. Right, it was, exactly. It was uh, so it, it was I guess the fact that I missed a game for a concussion was probably pretty bad. I m- my mom was telling me that she during the game I actually like got up and like walked to the other sideline. I don't remember any of that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and you know. And so that. yeah, it's crazy with concussions like how it affects people. Some yeah. people they could act like normal like with my concussion. The only th- I remembered everything. The only yeah. symptom I had was a headache. Yeah. And then you have someone like with, with your concussion, and you're like, well, yeah, walking to the other sideline, like yeah, I, calling I, your, you don't even know who your parents are, I don't like, rem- stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and I don't remember, you know, I don't remember that. Um, you know, it was kind of the guy that missed the block. He was a first-year player. He missed the block, and he he would he actually wrote it in my yearbook senior. He's like, <laughs> and he, he didn't play anything after freshman year, but he's like, I remember that time. I, Sorry about that time I missed the block and gave you the concussion. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, thanks, dude. Yeah, yeah, thanks. But I ended up missing, uh, who knows? I know I missed the next game, um, which, again, was probably a big deal. You know, now it's, you know, you're automatic two weeks. Right. Back then it was, yeah, 10 days now, you know, man. how's your head? You know, right. I'm good. Um, but, yeah, so I missed one game with that. And then my, that was my freshman year, my sophomore year, I missed. Um, and as a sophomore, I wasn't really playing anything varsity-wise. Um it was the last game of the year. I, I don't know if it was playoff game or what, but it was the last game of the year. I missed the one game I wasn't suited up for because uh, two days prior I had a pacemaker put in. So, so what, that's it. And then what symptoms did you had that you like knew that you needed a pacemaker? Well, what happened was when I was growing up, it was um, I would pass out. I would faint like sporadically, like like, like every other week. No, or? like five or six times growing up. Uh, first one was probably four or five years old. I would just faint, get up and. The doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong. They thought it was, you know, everything from like sugar to all sorts of stuff. Right. So it ended up being, uh, you know, long story short, I guess. Um, my sophomore year at football practice in August, I, I fainted. Um, but like my, During a play? During or? practice. It was like early practice, just helmets. Um, Coach fa- Henley out there? Coach Henley was out there. Yeah, yeah he was out there. Um, but we, I was just standing in the back, um, like all most sophomores do at the time. And I just dropped, and I, I, my helmet was tight. You know, it was that first day right, of practice yeah, yeah. where your helmet's just tight. Um, it was like pulling my hair. My hair was long, and it was. I just had a headache, and I dropped. So I was like, hey, you know, I just, I just paint, I faint. You know, it's what I do. Right. <laughs> it's what I've done since I was a little. So they go to the doctor, and the doctor recommended what they call a tilt test, is where they lay you down on a table, and stand you up to like sixty degrees, and that you can't move. And if you move a finger or they know, like your, your your levels change. I guess I don't know. I don't know right. how they know, but I remember I moved a finger and they're like, "Stop moving!" I was like, "I'm just." I didn't even really yeah, move. Chill out, bro. Yeah, relax. I'm strapped to a table, but they they put you up to sixty degrees and they just monitor your your blood pressure and your heart rate and all that stuff. And what happened was was good. Is actually my my blood pressure dropped because naturally, and again, this don't don't quote me on the science here. Hope this is not a science show. No. But uh, what happened was I passed out. My heart didn't as you stand up for a long time. The blood gravity naturally pulls the blood down, and your heart's got to, your brain's got to tell your heart to, hey, you got to work get, a little harder. Work a little harder. My brain never told my heart that, um, so I passed out on the on the table, which was good. They found the problem, but the bad part was, my heart had stopped for like a minute, while I was on the table. I'd say it's a 
pretty yeah. big problem. Yeah. So when they, they lowered me back down, and, and it's not a fast thing. It's not an amusement park ride. You know, the table kind of <laughs> goes down slow. So as I was coming back down, they were, I guess, preparing the paddles and doing all that stuff and getting me, getting me ready to go. Um, but when I came back down, the blood just kind of like, as you can imagine, just rushed back right. towards my heart and it, and it kicked back in. Wow. So uh, my heart got going on its own. But then he's like, you know, called my mom in and did all the whole spiel and sat me up. And he's like, hey, you know, I'm going to give you a pacemaker. And I was like, can I play football? And I was sitting up at this point. Uh, and he's like, no. And my heart stopped again. I'm still strapped up. My heart stopped again for like 20, 10, 20 seconds. I know that feeling when yeah. someone tells you you can't play football anymore. Yep. And then it was, um, he was kind of, I think he was a little on like, hey, this is an option. And then when he, you know, my heart stopped again, he just kind of was like, we're doing it. Yeah. So that night I had the surgery, got the pacemaker in, and I think I was out the next day. Might have stayed one more night, but I, actually, I think I was out the next evening. So what does that surgery entail? What, what do they have to do? Is, is it like an open heart type surgery? No, they, um, they, the initial surgery was probably a little more extensive. Uh, they basically put in just like a, like a car battery. They're putting two, two nodes into your heart, probably one in each chamber or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, and then it's just a battery with a with a computer so they can unhook that that battery when the battery's up and they unhook the battery cut you open not to get too graphic but yeah. pull the battery out we like graphic on the show yeah, put put another one in and that that surgery the change of the battery is actually a same day deal you know so you just they won't let you drive home but right but the initial one was um an overnight stay but i think i was home the next evening how often do you, is this something you need to like get done? Like it's every been changed. Five years it's or? been changed. It depends on the battery and how much you use it. I don't use it all the time. It's just a matter of you know when you know standing around or when your blood pressure drops. It, it's set for like forty beats per minute. When it, when your heart rate drops a bit below that, it, it'll kick in and then above whatever one twenty, one thirty, whatever it's set for. All right. So I don't use it all the time. I think back in the, like twelve percent, you know, of the time. It's working. So yeah, that's that's the story. That's the backstory on that. All right. You know. Um, so what was the recovery to get back to playing sports? Man, again? that was that was the hard part because when he told me I couldn't play, um, it affected me enough. Where I mean, you know, anybody knows the feeling of like, oh my god, you know, like this is like I love playing football. You know, I still right. coach it. I it's love, like I your love best friend died or, so, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So he told me and. Obviously, my body didn't react very well. My heart stopped. Um, like, what? Yeah, I was like, Phew. but then when I, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You know, I remember going back to that game, because um, I think this was a Wednesday, if I remember correctly. Um, and that Friday night, I was on the sidelines of the, of the varsity game. And people were great, you know, but it was just like, yo, I'm never playing football again. Right. What do I do? And I'm, you know, 15 years old. You know, you were seventeen. I was seventeen. Yes. Yeah, so you're in, the, you're in the same thing, man. So you you play your whole life, mm-hmm. you know, and you identify yourself as that. It's yep. It's a big deal. So I went through, you know, the six months, and all I had left, I was still playing baseball at the time, and I was all right growing up, you know. But as I got older, um, I actually blame it on contacts. Once I got contacts, I couldn't hit the ball. I used to wear glasses. Oh, uh, okay. So I'm I'm using that excuse. Um, but I started. <laughs> You know, that sophomore year, they were going to let me play baseball, but I tried out for the baseball team. I didn't make it, you know, and uh, then I was like, I got nothing. Right. You know, so that must have been really hard. 
Yeah, because I mean, you know how dark it gets, you know, inside and yeah. mentally, it's a dark place. Um, and right around that time after I got cut, something happened, and the doctor said, you know, we'll let you play football again. We'll just put extra padding. And so they actually, were worried about the contact. They, yeah, not yeah, like not your, not like, me. Not like the not, pacemaker couldn't handle like that intensity or something like that. It was. It was more of the fact. Yeah, it was more. Of the, they weren't worried about me physically because again, it wasn't. It's not a heart condition. It was. A, it was a communication simply uh, right. between the brain and the heart so it wasn't me physically my heart couldn't take it it was i think they were worried about the mechanically the pacemaker holding up so so they just had me put on extra padding and it was a homemade deal they didn't give they didn't give oh wow yeah. they didn't they didn't give it to me i took it my mom used to get these like gone with the wind figurines and there was they came in like styrofoam packaging so i just like cut one up taped it on the one side of my inside of my shoulder pad Jeez. Yeah, how about Bush that? Bush League, oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And then I wore, uh, you know, those old foam tube for like collarbone injuries? Yeah. And I just wore those. Well, now they make pads for like literally everything. everything. Yeah, they have like pads on the back of Nike socks. Yep. Yeah, it's like... You can't find a pacemaker pad though. Yeah, my Achilles hurt. Um, but yeah, so that's, you know, when they... Uh, after Once he told me, it was, you know, I was still different. You know, six months of... And, you know, you sat in it for two years or whatever of just being in that darkness of like, what do I do now? Right, you know, and the I guess the the risk reward of of playing, you know, some people have asked me like, why did you play? Like, weren't you worried about? It? I was like, dude, I was, I was dead anyway. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, what am I well, gonna do? Well, it puts things it? in perspective. It does yeah. absolutely. But then it's like, yeah, I'm gonna play. Yeah, like I know what it's like, not to play. Right. You know, and I want to play, and I and it probably gave you me. a better appreciation for, you know, at being the, able to to play. At the time. Probably I don't remember it that way at the time. It was just like I was still in a in a fog because I still had the issue. You right. know what I mean? It wasn't like it was clear. I mean, I still got the thing now, you know. So it's you're still dealing with it, and you're still like, well, I got a pacemaker here. Maybe I maybe I got to take it a little little easy. So it, it was different for me for sure. So how was the rest of your career after the pacemaker football career? Then? Uh, it was up and down. Uh, I actually ended up starting. Uh, my junior year at safety for a couple games, but again, it was I probably I just didn't get the job done. You know, I I don't think I was willing to stick my nose in there or my chest in there, right? So to speak. So you know, I didn't get the job done. So then I you know special teams and and did what they asked. And then my senior year starting quarterback, I ended up getting benched again um, after like two games. You know, so how did that affect your your mental psyche? I was good. That that stuff never bothered me. You know what I mean? It sucked. You yeah. know, but I think I was having to deal with all that other stuff, and it, that didn't bother me. I did whatever they asked me to. You know, I still played. You know, I would go out for split end, and you know, I'd do whatever they asked me to do. Right. You know, coachable. I like coachable. It. Yeah. You gotta love it. And you know, was I pissed? Absolutely. Right. You know, absolutely. Well, if you Who weren't pissed, be? like you shouldn't be playing. I guess. And you probably so. wouldn't be talking to me. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be coaching. You know? Exactly right. So yeah, you love the game. So. What made you want to become a coach? Um, it was actually I didn't know when I it was coaching you. I think you know you 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 guys. Uh, so back in two thousand and one. Two thousand one. I graduated uh, college in two thousand one, and at my graduation party, um, Hakowski, your old guy. Ah, Mr. Hutt. I remember yeah, him with it, those little arm pads. He used yeah, to knock us all it, over with. Yep. He uh, he was at my graduation party, and I was like, hey, you know, hey, if you, I'm not doing, I'm just working construction with you, and you know if. His son played, remember, right, uh, yeah, Tyler. Tyler yep. So, you know, when he was like, if you need help, I'll volunteer. So, I'm your guy. Yeah. yeah, I'm your guy. So 
I just got in that way, and then I, I just kind of, I was like, this is it, man. You know, this is kind of what I want to do. So I coached the Raiders for six years. Then I was fortunate enough to get a job at a high school and went from there. Well, we loved having you for sure. Yeah, it was fun. It was, you were fun to coach. So has this experience kind of changed how you coach at all? I don't think so. I, no. Um, I, I think... I think if anything, I think being going through, you know, just understanding people, not necessarily how I coach. And I guess that's part of the same deal, I guess, you know, but it's how you coach is, is everyone's kind of, you got to be sensitive to everyone's, every, issues, everyone's yeah. issues and, and, and you're aware of that stuff. You know what I mean? So I knew that going in. I, I don't, I don't think it's really changed my perspective at all. I, don't, I wouldn't say. Do you, did you, want to become a football coach because you felt like football gave something to you and you kind of wanted to, to give it back or? Yeah. I mean, that's cliche. That's cliche to say. I mean, it, it did teach me a lot. You know, the fact that having the, I guess the, maybe I just didn't know any better. I was going to say, you know, I had the guts to go play, but I just didn't know any better. You know, I just love the game, man. Right. So, so playing it and then wanting to give back to it was, I wanted to do it for myself. You know, I'm sure there was a part of me, you know, after, after high school, there was, you know, I was in college. I never, I played flag football, but, uh, was, which sometimes times can be more dangerous. I think. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you're not kidding. Um, but there's, uh, you know, there's part of me that was missing, you know, for sure. You know, between, between having, yeah, having there's, it, there's a void in your yeah, life. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. That probably had a lot to do with, you know, me not being able to, uh, you know, to perform on the field as, as I wanted to. You know, so it, coaching provided a great outlet, you know, for that. Just being on the field, just being on the field and being around you guys when I got out of college was kind of sparked it a little bit. Right. So now that you are a coach, do you feel like the culture of sports has, has changed since you were uh, an athlete in that of like the suck it up mentality and like trying to be a tough guy and walking injuries off and um yeah definitely i think i don't know if it's the culture of sports i think it's the culture of, of america of, of society yeah absolutely you know where it's you know we don't uh we, you know we don't want to give a kid an opportunity to try to tough it out you know we, we we err on the side of caution now for sure right like i said you know with my concussion which was nothing compared to yours um but it was still a concussion and a brain injury so Back then it was go. You know, there wasn't many kids missing with concussions. You got them. Right. You know, but you didn't really miss. Now it's, you know, you say you got a headache and just talking with concussions specifically. Now you got a headache, you got to go see the trainer and you're probably going to be out a week and then you got to go on the protocol, you know. Um, with other injuries, it's, you know, people are very cautious. And understandably, you know, with, you know what trainer or doctor wants to put their livelihood, their exactly, in, you know, yeah. on – on an injury, you know, like my, you know, my sprained ankle, I actually had a broken foot. Right. I'd be rolling in dough. Yeah. You know, it'd be on Instagram and, <laughs> you know, my extra would be on Instagram and I'd be, you know, people would know me in California, but it's, it's just different, you know, and it's, it's not harder to coach, you know, it's not harder to, to play. Athletes haven't really changed, but how we, how we approach it, I think has. So that's probably like a, a positive thing, I think from a, sports health and safety standpoint absolutely yeah i mean if you're going to err on the side of caution no doubt you know you're going to right. protect you're going to protect the individual I, I think sometimes it blurs the line for 
um, you know, are you are you injured or you're hurt kind of deal? Well, yeah, yeah, that was actually one of my other questions. Is yeah. like, how do you feel about that statement, injured versus hurt? I think it's. I do think there's a difference. I think where how we define that difference, like where that line is, right. is certainly changed. Um, I think we know the difference, and I think people are. We want to make sure they're not injured before you know before we say, "Oh, you're just hurt." You right. know, back. I think, and I think back when. You know, even when you were playing. Yeah, for it, sure. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, you're just hurt and we'll find out yeah. if you're injured later. Exactly, yeah. You if know? you're walking, you're all right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so I think that's the difference. You know, yeah. people are kind of leaning towards the um, the injured side, which is good. Because with, you know, with, my, with my head injury, my theory is that it all started off with a separated shoulder. So I separated my left shoulder and I therefore... Oh, this was like in the second week of the season. And then I, I hurt my other shoulder because I was favoring my right yeah. shoulder. And then I start I strained my rotator cuff in that shoulder. So I had nothing else to hit with but my head. So <laughs> then I got the concussion. Logically. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, I was trying to be a freaking tough guy. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll play. Yeah. Play the next week. And then that's when the second impact syndrome happened. Yeah. But it, it is. It's like that. Injured versus hurt thing. Like I had the mentality my senior year that unless a bone was protruding from my skin or if I was unconscious, I am not coming off the field. Like I didn't care what it was. Yep. But that's partially because like that's just how I grew up and how like yeah my dad and all my other coaches like that's just like what was expected. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know. I, I it's the question is it you know is it still expected from you know, from the coaches and the trainers and the doctors, it's certainly not, you know, what pressure they're getting at home. And you can kind of see the shift, especially in football, where kids just aren't playing the sport anymore. Right. You know, because, you know, it was always dangerous. The sport hasn't changed. Right. You know, athletes might have gotten bigger and stronger and faster, but the sport hasn't changed. Right. Um, if anything, it's gotten safer because of all of this, I think. You know, the way we teach tackling and it's gotten safer. But uh, the, men- the mentality of it and the viewpoint of it, like mom sitting at home, like, yeah, Little Johnny's yeah. not playing football, man, you know? So even though it's getting safer, it's... Right. Well, know. I think this is a good time for this question. So yeah. Lou is uh, recently a new father... Oh, boy. ...of a, a baby boy. What's his name? Blake. Blake, all right. So would would you let Blake play football? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I would, I would think so, considering that you're a football coach. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, yeah, it's funny. I just heard something on the, uh, the television the other day where... I guess Mike Dicka had said he wouldn't let his kid play football, which is Mike Dicka's like the toughest of the tough. Yeah. Right? Which, you know, so I, just being around it, there's a lot of guys in football that, you know, that don't want their kids playing. I have no problem with it. You know what I mean? You know, I know it's, again, there's, there's risk to it. There's risk to everything. Right. He's playing if he wants to. Right. You know, whatever he wants to do. I think the one thing is um, he's not going to play like something year round. That's the one thing. That I wouldn't want him to do. That's the hard part, man. So you prefer multi-sport? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I think a lot of kids are, and I know we're kind of leading into it now, but, yeah. um, you know, when you're playing just one sport, you just, there's so many different things, you know. Um, I want him to play, you know, you don't, don't want to set rules to it, you know, especially he's five months old, man. Right, he, yeah. can't, he can't even sit up, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> you're not doing this, man. I just want to grow up and cut the grass right now. Um but yeah, so I mean, I, I wouldn't want him playing year round. Uh, I, I would wouldn't want him playing a sport back to back seasons. You know, 
like playing baseball in the spring and the summer, you know, you know, play something Fall else. Fall ball, winter league. Play something yeah. else, man. Do some, take a break if you want to, but right. you know, this year round stuff is, uh, it's not good. It's not good for each sport. It's not good for the athlete. Uh, competition wise, it's not good. I don't think for him and it's not good for injuries for sure. There's, there's no doubt about it. Right. So just to preface this, uh, part of the conversation, uh, Lou and I uh, had a, a Facebook conversation over some articles about sports specialization. A and, civil one, actually. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Believe yeah, it or not, we agreed with each other. I liked it. I liked his perspectives. They were good. <laughs> that's why especially I'm here, as right? a yeah, that's especially why I'm here. yeah, that's why I got the invite. <laughs> so, I kind of wanted to talk about uh, some other multi-sport athletes okay. um, who have been successful. I also want to talk about some of the athletes that you coach, mm-hmm. and if some of the better athletes on the team are they multi-sport athletes or do they just play football i think it's um i wish i had the numbers i wish i you know i I tried to think about about the kids that i have and um or even over the years yeah and and, and even over the years it's a lot of them do play multi-sports um but a lot of them don't a lot of them tend to to quit the other sport. the other sports to focus on on one you know right. is that a more recent trend or is that yeah i think so right. you know I, I don't remember i don't remember a lot of people kind of dropping it dropping sports right you know you play even if you just played a season right you know there's a lot of kids that's I'm, I'm a baseball player or i'm a lacrosse player right you're you're an athlete man you're a competitor exactly yeah you know so it, we're any sport's going to help your other sport no matter what it is now when you think back on the sports that you played do you think that they helped you in other sports Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, again, baseball was was something that I did when I was a kid, you know. But it's still, you know, I was I'm a competitor, you know. I, I consider myself one anyway, you know. And I just want to play. I just want to play sports. I want to compete. So when I was playing baseball, I just enjoyed it, and it physically it helped me, no doubt about it. Because you know, whatever you're doing, you're running, you're, you're turning your hips, you're doing all that exactly. Biomechanical I thought being stuff. An, yeah, being an outfielder in baseball. Yeah helps tremendously Absolutely. in being a receiver in football. Absolutely. Sure. And then when, you know, I saw I saw our man Schilling this morning, um, when I got cut from the baseball team, I wanted to do something. And all my buddies were like, play lacrosse, play lacrosse. I was like, I don't know what lacrosse Cross is. is. <laughs> and I didn't even play basketball growing up, you know. I would play like in the backyard and all that. But I didn't play. I organized basketball. I had no clue about. So I was like, I'll play lacrosse, I guess. Right. You know, what what the heck? So was that in like the laxer bro days where everyone's like, oh no, this carrying is... lacrosse sticks around the hallways, flow is no. just all over their face. You had to deal with that? that? Oh yeah, yeah. That no, not yet. That Some was... of my best friends are are lacrosse players, so it's not like I didn't like them. But yeah, it's fair enough. Hey, it is. It it's is definitely what it is. a, a white of life. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not judging. But yeah, it was. So I went and played and uh, played one week, and it was March. You know, it starts when you can't even get outside, and we're in the gym, and there's like sixty kids, whatever it was. I'm a junior. I'm holding this lacrosse stick. I don't Coach Goodwin eating his like I, can of g- pears or something. Goodwin, Weird, and, yeah. Goodwin, and then uh, King and Schilling was there, and so there, I had lacrosse balls are flying all over the gym. I'm like trying to duck, get out of the way. Yeah, and a pacemaker pad going. Pace, pacemaker pad was on. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know about this, dude. Like they're using words like slide, help defense. I was like, what are they talking yeah. about, man? I was like, I, I don't know. So piston, piston. I remember when I played lacrosse. Some one of the coaches like yelling. That I was like, all right, this is time for me to quit. I think. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even know. So I, I ended up saying to Schilling, I go, I walked into his office. I go, I, I'm just gonna run track, man. Like I'm, I want to get ready for football. 
I'm just going to run track. And he actually, to his credit, he actually sat me down and he, and he made a good point where he's, he said, you can run track and that'll get you, you know, you might get a little faster, you might get in shape, but lacrosse is going to help you with the side to side movement, the quickness, the agilities, right? It's going to help you compete. They're more like athletic movements. I guess. Absolutely. And, and track is just straight line. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, yeah. I'm not trying to take that away from track athletes. Yeah. Like you're not athletic because you run a straight line, but in <laughs> translation of football, it doesn't really help. Yeah. Um, so to his credit, he kind of, he kind of pulled me back in and I ended up sticking it out and played junior and senior year. So Schilling is actually the the one that saved my lacrosse career, however right. decent it was. But, you know, but that goes to the topic of, you know, not again, not that track doesn't help in other sports, but when you play it, another sport, it translates to that and you can reference it. When I, I was helping out the eighth graders in Long Valley today, and I would say to a kid, a kid, his feet were like this far apart. He was five feet apart. He's off balance and right. stuff, trying to go through the bags and the ladder drills, the first practice. And I said, do you play basketball? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> then I have a point of reference. Yeah, exactly. Point and, of reference. And then there's a, and then there's a, um, I was working with the quarterbacks, and I was like, did you guys play baseball? And there, two of them did. The other one did. But there's a point of reference there. I said, when you're an infielder, you know, you got to you got to be low. You got to sink your hips. You got to get bent down. You don't right. have your legs straight up when you feel the ground ball. Like that's what you want to do when you're coming out of the out of the snap. So exactly. Yep. There's just points of reference that you don't get now. Like I can't tell you, Kev, how many times I'll say to a kid, "Do you play baseball? No. What other sports do you play? Right. I, I don't. How do I? Yeah. How do you? You have no experience in another sport. Like you can't coaching cues and points to yeah. me. Yeah. Exactly. And that's just from a coaching standpoint. Now for him as an athlete, he doesn't know. He doesn't know how to get out of a his own way, and when when the competition really heats up, right? You know, and that's really what it's about, man. Just teaching somebody, and and as a high school athlete, you just want to learn how to fight the fire and compete a little bit, because no one's gonna. How many kids play college? You know, that's a different yeah, topic, very but few. very few. So you need to learn a little bit, and you're not getting that experience when you, I'm a baseball player. Are you? Are you just a baseball player? Right. You know. Didn't you bet like two fifty yeah. last season? You know what are you what are you doing? You know just just go compete. But it's it's certainly I think it's better for an athlete when they have that reference point because they know they can pull themselves out of it. You know and I and I think that's what a little bit of our you know at least for me. So I don't want to put words in your mouth. Uh, you know with the pacemaker thing, it was dude. I was able I could get through that. It took a while. You know that. You know it, it took years to get out of the funk of saying. So it wasn't like a physical funk. It was a it was mental a mental. Funk. Yeah. yeah, I had to get out of my own way. You know, and I think that's maybe that's what happened a little bit. You know, with football, I just couldn't get out of my own way. Right. Where I was, uh, hell, I was scared. You know, for sure. You know, I, scared I, for your life, or I wouldn't say like th- I wasn't. I didn't feel threatened. You say like <laughs> like I was threatened, but I, yeah, absolutely. Like I was like, I wasn't worried about getting hit. I was. I was more worried about, you know, I just died. Like this doctor just told me my, I was dead. Right. And then now I'm, I couldn't play football. Then you go to that place and then you come out of that place. You come out of it a different person, a different sure, person, yeah. you know? So I had, you know, I fought through it and it took a while. Well after hell college probably, you know, right. but I was able to draw on that be like, you know what? I'm not afraid of doing this because I have nothing to really fear. Right. Like I, I, I was know, dead at one point. In time. I, yeah, and I, I, and I know. Yeah, right. And I know I'm going to be all right. right. I just got to figure out how to get through it. Yeah, I think uh, overcoming obstacles of like any sort, mm-hmm. having a point of reference, like, is is huge. When you say like I've done this before. Yeah. So like, nothing is impossible now if mm-hmm. I overcome you know mm-hmm. this. So like with my 
with my head injury, I was in that like funk for about a year yeah. or, or two. And I think I didn't start getting out of it until I started working for the Rutgers football team. Yeah. Although it made me miss playing football more so because it was in my face every single day. Yeah. I, I felt like I was a part of the team in some way. And I, in my head, I thought like I was like a player just like everyone else. So from like a mental standpoint, I got to wear all the gear, like walk around school like I was a football player. Yeah. So I think that like helped me. But eventually that came to an end too. Yeah. But luckily I kind of transitioned from there into CrossFit. And that was like an awesome outlet for me that I didn't have to worry about hitting my head. Yeah. I could push myself just as much as I did when I was playing football. And I didn't have to worry about getting hurt. So to me, that was, that's was that been like a, a huge, huge thing. So the, and and so playing the, football... Helped me be a much better CrossFitter, too. Yeah, I'm sure. For sure, from a strength point of view. And even when I was at uh, Rutgers, I rode crew for a year to try to... This was in that year funk where I was like, what the hell do I do? Yeah. So I started freaking rowing on a boat in the Raritan River, trying to like find my way. And I was miserable. It was so miserable. I was on that, that yeah. erg machine for like 45 minutes straight every single day. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? And even when I was... I would kill it on the erg. I would. I don't even know what an erg is. It's a rowing machine. I know that you've alienated the, the people that run track, and now you've alienated the people that row. No, <laughs> it's not that I don't have respect for them. I respect the people that do it because it is like not easy to do. But yeah, on the on the rowing machine, I would beat like everyone on the team. Yeah. But when we actually went out on the water, I was so bad. Yeah. I was the worst rower on the whole team just because I had like no finesse. I was just like, oh yeah, football. Let me yeah. hit someone, and then like. I would mess up and just get mad, and there was like a spiral effect, you know. Yeah. Yep. But. You got to row, but I think it's I think the Rutgers thing for you, and just you know, and for me it was it ended up being flag football. I think in college of, of all things, but it kind of filled that that spot, man, because there was a void for sure when when something gets taken from you. Right. You need to fill it with a new. You need to, a new purpose. Absolutely. Or yeah. or, or you're not going to figure out how to persevere, and I think that's kind of the. The whole point is like you're gonna get through it you just got to find your way through the through the forest a little right so what was like your lowest point oh my god after with the with pacemaker? the, with the pacemaker oh my yeah god. i don't even kev i don't even remember those that six months seven months whatever from november to spring april-ish when when that doctor said i could play so what's that that's about six months right so six seven months All right I don't remember a thing, man. I really don't. I, it was low, man. I, you know, dude, I was crying myself to sleep. Right. You know, like what? What's going on here? What am I really doing? Yeah. You know, school wasn't cutting it. You know, school was, you know, staying school kids. <laughs> but school was just, you know, didn't want to be the next mathlete. No, I mean, you know, I. It just, it was dark, man. You know, right. I'd come home and, who are you gonna talk to about it? You know, that's the that's the one thing. Like, not that I was, I'm not a. Right, cause I'm not someone, a big lovey-dovey dude. Yeah, but, but someone who's 15, not too many people in their whole life go through something no, that you went through. No, So you have no one to kind of relate to. You have nothing to, there's no manual for it. Right. You know, for for any, for any a parent, for a sibling or a friend. There's no, you know, and I had great friends, man. I'd still hang out with them and stuff. But right, but they have no idea. You like, have no idea, you know, because, and again, it's like some people didn't even know. Like people I was friends with, you know, and they had no idea that I even had it. Till like years later, you know, like in casual conversation, someone would make a joke and they were like, what, you have a pacemaker? Because I didn't, 
I never showed it. Right. I was back. I missed two days of school, you know, and I played football. You know, I guess you wouldn't expect that from right. from somebody with with the pacemaker. So nobody really knew. I wasn't really advertising. It wasn't something that's. Um, and I always made sure that you know, on the you know, when I was in school and around people, I, I you know, it's not, it's not your problem. It's right. mine. So, so I'm cool, you know, and I'm good. But you know, when you go home and you're you're looking in that mirror, man, it's it get that's when it gets scary. Yeah, this is part of the reason why I'm like trying to make this podcast so people who do have similar experience to this to this that yep. they don't have someone to talk to about it that like understands kind of what they're going through, they could pull from your story and kind of see like. There is light at the end of the tunnel type thing. There is, for sure. And I know when I had my head injury, my girlfriend at the time in high school, she also went through a traumatic event as well. She was in a car accident and her friend passed away. Oh, wow. And she was lucky to be alive, too. But that I had, we created a bond kind of through yeah. that. Yep. And that definitely helped me like kind of get through the process. We have our, our own issues you know, further down the line, yeah. but... Definitely having someone um, there to kind of help you through that tough time would be uh, definitely beneficial. You know what we need at your next podcast is like a, a staff member. We need staff members here. To like get us drinks? Get us drinks and stuff. Like, um, I'm out of water. But, well, this could be a good time for a break. No way. No way. Um, but you definitely, when, when you have like, um, and did your friends talk to you about your, your injury? Like, were you um, like kids on the team or like teammates that, did they? Did you talk about it with anybody besides her? Um, I don't think so. I mean, they like came to see me in the hospital and yeah. stuff, but like, it's also one of those things. Like with my head injury, like I almost died for sure. Yeah, I'm lucky to be alive. I loved football, and I would never want anyone to not play football because of what happened to me. But it's tough to talk to people who play the sport that almost killed you. Yeah, about the injury without like. Scaring them. It's very uncomfortable. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I think the reason, like, I got hurt eight years ago. And I've always wanted to do something to kind of help people who are in, like, similar situations. And I don't know why it took me eight years to start this. But part of the reason was because I was like, no one's going to want to listen to me. Like, people that play football don't want to hear about this Mm -hmm. because, like, then they're going to be scared to play football. And, like, that's not what I wanted. I felt like my story went against almost my my own beliefs. Yeah. Like, I I don't want people to not play sports. That's not the point of this podcast. I want people to overcome obstacles. And you can't play football anymore. You can't play whatever sport anymore. There's something else there. You know, like, there's more to life than just a sport. And there's other outlets that you could – you could find to kind of help fill that void. And sometimes, you know, that's the whole point of the podcast, man. You Sometimes you got to get out of your own way and find a way to persevere. So you might be scared. And, and, and nowadays, like with everything, all the, with, with Twitter and all this Instagram and all this stuff, like the information's coming in. I think that's part of it where, where a kid will, oh, I got a headache. I have a concussion. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but you're scared about it. Right. You know, and you, you can still play. When when you're injured, but be a- smart me, after you're injured. Let me say, you, you get hurt no matter what it is. You can still play, right? You know, and you got to find a way to get past that. See, because like, had I told someone that my my head hurt, yeah, I could have probably still played football if I sat out like Absolutely. two or three weeks, yeah, definitely. But I didn't, yeah, and that was the last game I ever played, yeah. So it is that like that injured versus hurt thing, and like I feel like sometimes even the injury can lead to being hurt, yeah. I mean. uh 
being hurt can lead to the injury type Definitely. thing. So, so what do you think about it? Injur- injury, injured versus injured hurt. versus hurt. You hate it, don't you? Um, yes, because of, because of my happened. own experience. Yep. Yeah, but like this is the thing. Like if it's your ankle, I'm like by all means, like tape the crap out of it and, yep. and get out there. But like with my shoulder, like I was changing how I played. Yeah. Because of because I was hurt. Yeah. And I feel like when you start doing that, that's when you start leading to like worse things. Absolutely. And you know, for you, it was your, you know, you, you hurt both shoulders and you started right. attacking with your head. But right, like but, you the, said, the, but even playing with the shoulders, like it's the head thing. Like you, you can't replace your you head. Can't. There's no cast you for can't. your head. You got one of them. So, like, yeah, you could suck it up and play with you know a hurt shoulder, or hurt wrist, or whatever. But you're gonna end up hurting something else because just like your original injury, right. Well, your left shoulder, you said, I think, right? Yeah, left so, shoulder, so you separated hurt, shoulder. And, and then you ended up hurting your right because you were compensating for right. your left, and then it went I mean, to it was like, it was like crazy. Like, yeah. I, there was one play, it was, I forget, uh, I think we called it like stampede right or stampede left, and I was the kickout block on those, yeah. and like, I had to run full speed into the defensive end with my shoulder, so on those plays, when I was supposed to go left and hit with my left shoulder, they would take me out and put the backup fullback in just so he can make the block and then I go back out again. So like, if you're doing that, like, you know, you, you got an issue going on. Your other shoulder was fine. Yeah, my other shoulder was fine. So on the stampede rights, I was good. Run, run it to the other side. Run stampede right. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, so I, I figured when I saw the, uh, when you talk about injured versus hurt, I figured you'd have a a, a strong pre- opinion. Yeah, on it. it's it's definitely easy to to understand why you have that opinion. But I also think that something that I care a lot about too is like the culture that's created in sports. And what you said is that it is improving, and that people are more like aware and knowledgeable of injuries and and are more careful about them. Maybe not for the right reasons, but because they're yeah. afraid of getting sued. But either yeah. way, it, it it is improving. But I know like from a mental standpoint. My small injuries, like, I wanted people to think I was tough. I didn't really, mm. I cared about that more than I think anything else yeah. when I was in high school. I didn't, like, not girls. It wasn't, like, anything like that. I wanted Coach Henley to think that I was tough. Yeah. That's all I wanted. Well, and I didn't want to go to him and be like, oh, uh, Coach, my head hurts this week. Uh, if we don't win, I know we're not going to go to the playoffs, and I'm a captain. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit this one out. Yeah. You know, like I want it's a hard spot. Yeah, like I want there to be a day and time when that's like an okay thing. You know, like Mm -hmm. I don't know if it'll ever happen because I know if I went back and put myself in my 17 year old shoes and put myself in the same situation again, I would probably make the same decision. Yeah, I don't think I would not play. Definitely, even going through you know the surgeries and all stuff like that, like. I would still have a very hard time saying that I wasn't going to play. And I think it's a, you know, for athletes and, you know, putting words in everyone's mouth here, but if an athlete wants to play at any level, you know, if they want to play, they're going to play. They're going to find a way to play. Right. You know, I think now with with the availability of knowledge and, you know, all the information that's out there, a kid kind of knows, you know, he knows about it like concussions you know your head hurt you had a you have a concussion but a concussion was you just got a headache take a few days off now it's like you got a concussion you're out you know and a a kid knows that and i think because of all the information that is out there they do get scared so when they when they do hit their head 
or they think they hit their head, they go, whoa. Yeah, I need to take a step I back need to, here. I need to check this out. And I think the same thing goes with, with all injuries. And I think there's a little bit of, you know, hey, I'm hurt. Let me sit this one out rather than try to – that's where it's going. I, rather than try to push through the ankle injury, it's let me take some time off. Let me, let me rest up. I'll play in the game, right. you know, but I'll, I won't practice. And that's become more acceptable from a coaching standpoint. Like it's not like oh you didn't practice it's, so you're not going to play this weekend. Or I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say acceptable. You know I mean because there is there is an element of you know hey you're nicked up. You know that's the, that that line of injured versus hurt is still there. Right. When it comes to head injuries, it's a little different now, especially in today's society. But and with all that we know now. But what, like you said, man, you got to your ankle hurts, your knee hurts. You know what's the injury? Are you injured? You know, right. is your is your is your ligament torn? Is your ankle busted, or is it you know you jammed your your hand? You got you a know? bruise. You, or, yeah. yeah. So I mean, what's the what's the line? So it's not acceptable. But the what's going on now is, if you come to me, if a player comes to me and says, I have this, I've injury X, I gotta, it's my job. I can't diagnose it. Right. I, I'm not a doctor, so I gotta send you to the trainer. You know, just just to cover my own butt. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're and back in the day, yo, we won't run it that we won't run that play. Right. <laughs> we'll run it to the other side. Yeah, we'll go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And which and there's nothing you know, is there anything wrong with that? In hindsight, yeah, maybe. But I wanna just say that I have nothing against my coaches. I do not blame anything that happened <laughs> so, to me because of them. So track, rowing, <laughs> not your coaches. <laughs> Throwing them under the bus. Yep. Uh but yeah, so you know, I, I just it's it's harder it's harder now to to keep kids in practice when when they do come up to you with you know we've had kids and you know and I just speak staying on top of concussions I, we've had kids come up to us in just helmet practice no contact I have a headache it's a hundred degrees out here yeah I got and you and you have the thing wrapped around your skull of yeah. course your head's gonna your, hurt your head's bit. gonna yeah. hurt you so but key words headache concussion yeah you gotta go. But you know now what happens? They go to the trainer. They have a headache, probably just dehydrated. It's 100 degrees out. You didn't hit your head, right? You know because we just. But went. that's why it's important to have athletic trainers. It, absolutely. Right. So now they send them to the doctor, and everyone's just gonna you know err on the side of caution here. You know, but you got to have you know some of these schools that that don't have trainers. You know, you you gotta. I don't know how they they make it through because it, a coach can't make the call. Right, it's a crime. I I think Absolutely. to have contact sports and no athletic trainer to put that responsibility on the coach because yeah. it's number one a conflict of interest. Obviously, if the Definitely. kid wants to play, or if he wants the kid to play, the kid wants yeah. to play. Like, there's actually I just read about a story in West Virginia about a kid who had the same exact injury as me, and the return to play protocol. They didn't have an athletic trainer at their school. The return to play protocol was done by the head coach. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, "How is that possible? Like that is unreal." Yeah, I, don't, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine just have as a coach, you know, especially today, you know, where if God forbid something happened, God forbid something happened, it was. I don't know. Like I, I'm not qualified. You know, we we go through the heat acclimation and the CPR. Right. Some good baseline, some good education, baseline yeah. emergency stuff. But at the end of the day, it's you know, hey, where's the trainer? Check it out. You know, right. you make the call about, hey, does this kid need an ambulance or, you know, he's okay. He just needs you know, tape it up and 
but we like you said we can't make that call so i think we're actually getting two we've had one um they've had one trainer at morristown and i believe we're now we're getting two which is great you know, uh, yeah. which is great. And and for football games, the school doctor is actually on the sideline. So I don't know what it's like at other schools, but, you know, we're, we're lucky to have at least one trainer um, and a doctor, you know, and I, I don't I don't think other sports get that. But, I mean, football is, right. you know. But even, yeah, like football's got the contact and everything like mm-hmm. that. But even sports like basketball, you got kids dying of, or, like, dropping dead because their heart stops, you yeah. know, like, all the time. Yeah. And that's something that an athletic trainer would be able to handle. Yeah. And, you know, with the AED protocols now that, you know, they have, uh, I believe it's, I'll say it's, I forget the name of the law, but the, it's the, you know, you got to have an AED within, I think, 400 feet of any practice or right. game. So, um, which is good, which is helpful, you know, in that, in that case. But I think it's more of the, um, an AED is great, but you can't have, everything like if a kid's you know you get a um, a compound fracture uh, uh yeah i mean <laughs> let, let me go through my heat acclimation training <laughs> yeah to see if i can splint this thing yeah up, what do i do uh, you know let me go to my my old boy scout handbook to yeah. see how i make a a, a splint but it, a, do yeah, you need not, a training? not in the job description of a coach no nor, nor should it be no um all right we're, we're coming up on time here i just want to ask you one last question you got uh, it so if you could tell the audience uh, one way to overcome an obstacle, whether it was how you do it or, or how you did it from your, your pacemaker or something that you picked up later in life, what, what, what would you leave the audience with just to kind of think about if they're at that low point and they, they need to overcome their, whatever obstacle is in, in their way? Well, number one, they gotta find, you got to find your own way out. You know, you gotta you gotta draw on other people, you, and hopefully, you know, no adversity in your life's ever gonna be the same. But hopefully, you can draw on that. Um, but you gotta you gotta find other ways to kind of keep digging, you know, because it the dirt's gonna keep piling on on you, man. Right. Like when you're deep in that hole, they're shoveling that dirt in, man, and you you're gonna have to climb out. And you got it's it's not easy, it's not easy, and you're gonna have to you know. People say like you gotta believe in yourself and all this right. stuff, man. You're you're at a point. I was at a point when you get to that low point. If we're talking low low points, I was in survival mode, you know. So it, you got to get through each day and and find something, you know, whatever it is. For me, it ended up being you know lacrosse kind of kind of filled it for a little bit. But you gotta you gotta find it. If you just sit in your room and you just let it bury it, yeah, dude, you're soaking it. And yeah, soak around. If you, you just marinate in your own pity and you're you know start feeling sorry for yourself pity parties are the worst oh my god and oh my i had some of the best <laughs> balloons <laughs> no balloons clowns no balloons it was just me all right just me in the one, mirror one clown one yeah one clown <laughs> I, I, i'll see what you did there <laughs> i'll see what you did there but yeah so i it, it that's the one thing man keep digging because if you don't you're gonna get buried and i think that's something that uh taught or football taught me like for sure just like going through training camp and stuff like mm-hmm. that like just digging and just yeah. keep going and find a way it's almost like you you shut your body down and you just like just keep or you shut your mind down and just mm-hmm. keep going and hopefully eventually it'll work out in the yeah. end and it, and it will and it will absolutely so yeah thanks Lou for sharing your inspiring story and uh, I wish the Morristown Colonials uh, the best of luck in this upcoming upcoming season you're right down the street come on by I certainly will we'll be rooting for you we'll get you again on the podcast after the season after you win a state championship you can flash your ring around there we go we'll post it up on Instagram good 
Um, and then we'll hashtag it multi-sport athletes. There you go. Very good. Thank right. you. Thanks, Lou.